Hello and welcome to With Relish on the Headstuff Podcast Network. I'm Aoife Allen. And I'm Harry Colley. If this is your first time listening in, welcome to the show. We're a fortnightly food podcast looking at all things good in the Irish culinary scene. If you like what we've done so far, please feel free to hitting subscribe and writing us a review. With 11 episodes under our belt, we have had the pleasure in speaking to some of the country's finest chefs and food folk in general. Can I just take a moment and say 11 episodes? Yeah. What the hell? Right. Oh my God. Today, we want to highlight some of the lesser talked about roles in a restaurant and the food industry as a whole. So from here on this episode, we'll focus on positions outside of the kitchen, which is something that we're not particularly familiar with. No, I But something we want to think about a bit more. Positions. Yeah. You volunteer a little bit more than I do, though, to stick May, yourself on to the people, floor. To, uh, to people you I like. You spilled soup on somebody, didn't you? I did. No, I didn't. Sp- oh, I did. <laughs> spill soup on somebody but the very first that's why I don't leave the kitchen the very first time I ever did like some front of house service it was in college we yeah. had like a student restaurant that you run in third year and so when you take over the restaurant you'll do um, front of house one of the mm. weeks and the next week you'll be back in the kitchen front of house blah blah blah, blah back and forth back and forth and on my week I was like the manager so everybody yeah. else was wearing like their their Fight. scrubs yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to call them <laughs> <laughs> And I was wearing. Sorry, there are my surgical scrubs. Yeah. And I was wearing a suit, um, because I was the manager. Because you're I, so handsome. Uh, no, no <laughs> yeah, not, not a face for radio. <laughs> um, and so as I was going over to this table of like, you know, somebody who was in my college's family, yeah. and I'm like, and I had four glasses of white wine on yeah. a tray, and I was holding it over the back of a girl, and as I pulled the first glass of wine off, the three just fell down her back. Oh, Harry, you poor pet. And like, that was the last time. That was That's the last time I'd horrible. ever do it. So I just hide in the kitchen from now on. Asher, like... She was a sport. I was a server <laughs> for years. Like, my first job was in the country club in Port Marnock, and I was a server on their breakfast service, so it started at five in the morning. Mm. Did that for a while. I washed dishes in Lazy Me and Clontarf in first year in college, which oh, is whoa. so bizarre. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Didn't they put me on the floor? <laughs> so weird. And then I was a server in Dalbia, an Irish-speaking cafe on Kildare Street oh, in yeah. second year, I think. Did service in Lake Tahoe on my J1, where I dropped a really heavy plate on a man's broken leg. Wow. So yeah, I've got... There's so many things I didn't know about you. But it's just so long ago that, yeah. you know, it's okay, like I yeah. was 15 when I did the first got service so much job. more time it's to really figure each other out. Yeah, darling. Yeah. Oh, it's just something that I, I think I would be awful at now, to be honest. I love but working I think, on my own I know, but thing I, I and having like my head down. The greater you know. picture, the greater experience of what it is. Just because mm. I'm not good at doing those other jobs doesn't mean that I don't want them done well. That's why I don't do yeah. them. Do you know and it's very mean? good to understand them if you want them done well. Yeah. So you can communicate better. So that's like, I think, a nice thing about talking to Jane and Declan today from Luna on Drury Street. And Drury Street, Drury Street yeah. yeah. Super Masu. Super Masu in the basement. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. That family. Beautiful, beautiful restaurant and like total professionals. Yeah. Um, but fun. Do you know, yeah. I think that's the thing that, that, that they kind of highlight is talking about. They love it. They love it. And Declan was at Chapter One for a very long time. Yes. So he's got an awful lot of experience. I mean, he's one of the kind of most experienced managers I'd say in the business at the moment in Dublin and he seems to be kind of like enjoying the other side of it away away from the kind of Michelin star and those standards but to apply he was saying to us as well about applying that kind of attention to detail but in a less formal environment yeah and kind of relearning the thing he said in in a sense let Um, me also speak to Georgina Campbell as well who I suppose just has such a long career of examining you know, service and uh, commenting on it and observing it and, you know, letting the public know where it's good to eat and yeah. where they're going to get a really beautiful kind of all-round experience, which seems to be her passion, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And another thing that's really good as well is that I know you and I live in a small bubble of Dublin mm. and we can be so very Dublin-centric and it was great to speak to Georgina and hear about stuff that's not Wonderful things. Dublin. And just stuff that I think sometimes we forget to highlight. So it's nice to have a guest to remind us that there's yeah. way more in food outside, outside Dublin. Dublin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually got excited listening to her and speaking to her because um, I'm going to be heading out of Dublin 
Dublin for a little while, kind of to the Munster region um, oh. over Christmas and after Christmas. And I just think it'd be fab to see if we can do a little detour to some of these places that do. I just never even think about. Yeah. yeah. And we also chat to Joaquin Hernandez Lanzano from the Fumbly Cafe, who's a kitchen porter. I suppose you want to talk to him to hear what it's like to be at the back, back of house. We're talking about the whole experience, which is not what you and I in the kitchen kind of mm. really, really know about. It's just great to get that perspective and see what it is like yeah. on the other side. In recent years, our next guest has spoken out about the slipping standards that she has witnessed in the hospitality industry. As one of the country's most seasoned food writers, it's a pleasure to welcome Georgina Campbell, author of Ireland, The Guide to With Relish. Welcome, Georgina. Hello. Thank you very much indeed for having me on the show. Oh, thank you for joining us. Um, Georgina, I'm going to just kick off with a pretty straightforward one, I think. For you, what makes good service? Well, it starts from the top. Um, I think you can tell the minute you go into a place, uh, you know, if, if everything is, is sort of running sweetly. Uh, and really, that's what it is. It's it's a well-run machine that the service is just part of it. I really do think. I mean, you know, the friendliness that we're so famous for, that's one thing. And people, you know, tend to be born with that or not. Mm. Um, but it's all to do with training and being part of a team. Do you feel that service in Ireland at the moment, do you feel that it is slipping or what do you feel has changed, I suppose, in the time that you've been observing it over your career? Uh, no, I, I think I think it's very inconsistent. I think mm. like a lot of things to do with hospitality, I think our biggest issue in hospitality is inconsistency. I think, you know, within the industry as a whole and in particular establishments, you can go on one day and everything's absolutely wonderful and go on another day and it's a huge disappointment. So I, I, I really do think that, you know, inconsistency is the major issue and that that, that uh, even at the places that, that I would be in my head most critical of in terms of service and of the ones that I've had in my head when I've spoken out about the four and five star hotels over the last few mm. years even in those places you know they'll have an on day as well yeah <laughs> they're not all off days or they wouldn't still be in business if they were of course. As as some of the days when I have, happen to be there um, but I think um, I, I know that Somebody even accused me after the awards last year of making things up to get publicity, uh, which struck me as being absolutely ludicrous. Mm. But I mean, you don't have to make things up. But uh, certainly I do think that there's an issue, particularly at the upper end, because I think when you're paying a lot of money, uh, you obviously expect more. You know, So I, th- I think that's a lot to do with it as well. Georgina, I want to ask you a little about like the transit nature of the industry, like that people seem to slip in and out of it, and if you feel that that has any effect on good service or not. Yes, I do think it's an issue, not only with service, I think everything to do with with restaurants in Ireland. I think we have got the culture of, of filling in time mm. uh, in restaurants instead of seeing it as a career. Mm. And I think that's where the big difference comes in internationally um I, you know i think in, in countries where there is a a, a, a tradition of see, of having pride in in the hospitality industry and seeing it as a way of life um and something that you know that, that you commit yourself to i do think there's a completely different attitude then and that's why i think you know when we're looking for places i get very much more excited when it's a family-run business and I can see that there is commitment there. There are lots of places that I know where, for example, there's a great chef and, uh, you know, we give it a great write-up and we're very excited to have it on the website and then, lo and behold, a chef moves on (laughs) and it's a different place. So the the ones that are run with a a husband and wife or, you know, multi-generational, even better, um, are, you know, they're, they're the ones that have really got solidity and also where they can't afford uh, to let standards slip because their name is on the 
block. You know, mm. so, so it's it's very important that the commitment is there. And I think you're quite right. I don't think that is you know, a major flaw in the way that we look at. This. So there's been quite a shift, I suppose, in high end dining towards, I suppose, a casual setting or like not to say casual service, but, you know, a slight difference in service. Do you think that's affected yes. people's experiences? How do you feel about that? I think, you know, it's fine. Mm. I, I think there are, there are a lot of people who are pretending that they're not doing food dining doing fine dining yeah. now who actually are exactly yeah. and uh, you know I think of places like 1826 and Adair you know mm. uh, I mean you know they, 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 they love to say that they're not doing fine dining you know there are a lot of places like that I think there are a lot of chefs who wanted to get away from from the sort of the pressure mm. of the formal fine dining and also I think the pressure of certain guides uh, which are, you know, where people sort of wait for results at certain times of year, and they they get it, they get whatever they want, or they think they might get, or they mm. don't, and it's it's hugely important one way or the. Personally, I think it's a great shame that they have to worry about things like that because it's not important at all, and I don't think generally that the public are very interested. I think yeah. it's a chef thing. Yeah, it's an internal um, industry sort of a yes, cycle. Yes, I yeah, do, yeah, for sure. Um, but um, no, I I think the. The, the fact that the whole fine dining scene has loosened up and has allowed people to be more creative with how they feel that they want to present themselves yeah. um, is is lovely, really lovely. I mean, I think about places down at West Cork, for example. You think of places like the Muse in uh, Baltimore mm. and, and, you know, the Pilgrims uh, in Roscarbury and places like that. And, you know, they're, they're sort of cute little country places and yet they're, you know, they're very uh, ambitious as well. Yeah. And I think that's lovely. And I think it, for a lot of people, it is probably a nicer experience to go and eat out somewhere that's a little more friendly and a little more casual and you don't feel like you need to be armed with a set of rules, I suppose, well, yes, uh, etiquette I, I and so think, on before you yes, go. I, I do, but you know, I, I, I'm also a great defender of formal dining mm. because I feel there's a time and a place for everything. Sure. And, you know, we all have big occasions. We all have, you know, times when there, it is the right thing to do. Uh, to go to somewhere where, like Gibo or somewhere like that, where you know thing, everything is done properly, and there's a there's a great sense of occasion. And you know, we don't want to lose those places. We we don't want everywhere to feel that they have to be like that. But yeah, it, it, but it, but they do have a place definitely. So, what places in the last twelve months do you think you've eaten that has been truly truly exceptional? Well, there's a place that we go to every year, uh, at least once a year. I mean, we go every year, if you like, in the line of duty. But we mm. would happily go far more often if, if it was uh, next door. And it's the Ballymore Inn in uh, Ballymore Eustace. And, um, I mean, this is, you know, it, it is one of our originals. They've been there for 20 years now. And um, it's it's perhaps our original gastropub. I hate the term. Mm. Nobody's come up with a better one. Yeah. Um, and what I think is quite extraordinary there is how well run it is. I mean, these are the sort of people who, who really do engage their staff. And they, you know, they everything the, the, everything is done correctly. And... What I find really impressive about that is that when Barry and Georgina O'Sullivan are not there, everything works just the same as okay. if they were. And I think that is a true test of service and everything else. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a huge compliment to owners. I can think of lots of other places too, but that is one that every time we go there, I think that sometimes they're there and sometimes they're not. The last two or three times I've been in, they haven't been there, but it hasn't affected um, the running of the business and the, the, and the extremely good service okay. in any way at all and the very good food. Another one I would think of at the other end of the scale is Gregan's Castle. Yeah. Um, you know, they they are so focused on doing it right and on thinking of the customer. It's thinking of the customer. 
is the thing really. Yeah. And they are they anticipate without in any way being you know pushy or anything. And I remember um, one year we called in. We only had a cup of tea in the bar, and even that was memorable. It was it was a proper experience. The way that everything was handled, uh, a beautiful cup of tea with beautiful shortbread. You know, we only paid for a cup of tea. Yeah. And yet we got this beautiful shortbread. And it was just the whole thing, and it sticks in my mind. And that, you know, I contacted Simon afterwards, and I said, you know, this was just such a small thing, and yet it was such a lovely experience. It was just super. So, you know, it can be quite small, um, but it all comes down to that teamwork and sense of everybody being involved, I think, and the, um, in, including the customer. Thanks so much for joining us, Georgina. It was really lovely to hear all these spots around Ireland that I think I want to go and check out over the Christmas period. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. It was, it was a real pleasure. So here we are in the Fumbly Cafe after dark. The lads are currently cleaning up uh, and we are joined by Joaquin Hernandez, um, who's the KP manager of the Fumbly Cafe. One of the things I suppose we wanted to talk to Joaquin about was just like the back of house and that life and what yeah. it is and to get the greater picture of what it is to be in service industry. Yeah, and also how I suppose um, kitchen porters and the kitchen porter manager. So Joaquin started as a kitchen porter when he arrived in Ireland first two, two and a half years ago and joined the Fumbly and progressed then to be the kitchen porter manager. So he's kind of king of the KPs now. And he, yeah, I just want to kind of look into the idea that, you know, so, you know, if we're a chef down in the kitchen, service goes ahead, it's just hard. Harder. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if the manager isn't here, we get by. Um, if we're a server down, again, it's, it's a hustle, co- but It's a hustle, manage. but people can cover it, yeah. But if the kitchen porter isn't there, the whole thing, just can't progress. The driving like, force has stopped. It it's just yeah. Yeah. So the KP that role is kind of the engine of the whole service. It's just keeping everything going, and I mean the standard that is expected of, of cleanliness of the stuff to come back out, that it's kind of ready to go, shiny and good to go, and the time pressure and everything is absolutely bananas. Totally and we isn't. often wonder how the hell do they do that? Yeah. You know, I'm suppose Joaquin, it'd be great just to know a little bit about what the actual job is for a kitchen porter. At the Fumbly, and I think it'll yeah. kind of apply to most restaurants. Yeah. Well, so basically, yes, it's uh, washing dishes and uh, helping chefs in the kitchen. So making sure that everything is clean and uh, like uh, ready to use for service. It's not just kitchen, also baristas and uh, waiters. So making so sure that everything everything, everything <laughs> is is ready uh, to be used. For yeah those part of the that part of the of the staff be used for the customers and I suppose one thing that I know because I work with you is that you're also a prep chef as well like you do all of the chopping and the fumbly too like on Friday nights that's a another part of the job Uh, well it became what one part of the job it wasn't originally like when I started two years ago it was one of the chefs that you used that used to do that and uh, I asked for I asked for for more hours, so that became uh, my job, and progressively it's like my job and KP's job. And then you passed it along. Yeah, yeah. And like it's, I think you're being quite modest when you talk about you know just keeping things clean. Like 
sometimes I come back here late after hours and I see yeah. you and the guys have literally taken the whole kitchen apart. You've pulled out bits that we didn't really know moved. Mm -hmm. and we're kind of going, oh, that comes out from the wall. <laughs> yeah. And you guys oh, are in yeah. there scrubbing. I mean, it's so physical. Can you tell us a bit about, I suppose, what are the difficult bits of the job as KP? And then what are the nice parts? Uh, well, yes. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. I forgot about that. Like once a week when do the, the, the cleaning, the, we have to pull all oven and uh, cook uh, and everything, fry your machine, everything, remove them and make sure that everything is clean, uh, take parts, filters, uh, handling pipes, gas, yeah. things that probably we're not used to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Never until we are right here and also we've been asked like if we have experience of escapees mm -hmm. and uh, yeah well we never most of us I, I'm pretty sure that 100% uh, like all of us never worked in the in kitchen before in our countries I suppose what kind of people have you seen coming through the doors here if they weren't KPs beforehand what kind of qualifications do they have or what, what, what lives do they have before they're here yeah well in my experience we're very diverse we have a uh, since well I'm, I'm back in Mexico I'm an accountant uh, but also we have uh, lawyers or uh, engineers, uh, most, of, most of them they're engineers. Obviously it's a very, very high pressured job. I know that a lot of the guys I've worked with um, as KPs, when they came to the Fumbly first, they hadn't been working in Ireland for very long and they were here to learn English. So their, their standard of English wasn't very high. And I used to think, God, that's so hard, you know, lots of things being called to them by lots of people with different accents over the sound of the extractor fan. Can you tell us a bit about the, the really intense pressure at the start? What's that like? Yeah, well, I lived different different processes. When I when I arrived, my English, well, I, I came to improve my English. I knew English, so I would just need to get used to the accent, mm -hmm. but also to the job. So I was like, okay, well, what, what do they exactly want from me? Mm -hmm. uh, if they want me to clean this, I will clean it, but they want me to do it fast. So probably it's better to do it faster than than super deep clean. Yeah. But uh, I met any like many other guys that they have no English, so they just have to figure out like, well I don't understand, but I'm here to wash, so well I just have to wash and and, and if they don't understand what they ask they been asked for, they just keep washing everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, start getting used to the and sometimes for the rush that there's in the kitchen, so you don't have time to ask. Like, what did you ask for? So you just keep everything ready, and I suppose you just have to make the assumption that you want things clean. Everything all at once. In certain yeah. times, yeah, exactly. So that's like a super, super tough bit about the job. I suppose it's like to come in, especially with maybe low levels of English, and here with the intention of improving it. I know, like, I had a small experience of that. I lived and worked in Spain for a little while, and just like people would be saying stuff to me in Spanish in the kitchen. And I would just like nod and be like, yeah, yeah, well, see, see, gracias. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just like they would, so people would know that I wasn't, I don't know, space cadet or something like that. But uh, I wonder, like, what kind of personality do you think it takes to be a kitchen board? I, I think, yeah, I, well, I met, because in, in these two years, almost three years that I've been here, I met people that they would say, well, I came to improve my English, I came to, to I, know, I know I have not the same uh, lifestyle that I had in my country. And I'm aware of that, and I'm happy with that, I accept, and yeah, I can, I can take any job. I feel happy with that, but I met people that they're, they don't want to do any physical job, 
uh, they they see a, like kitchen porter is like oh no I, I'm not washing dishes they see that something bad probably well in our case we're sometimes sometimes it's it's really tough and it can it can play really hard on your mind it's like oh why am I doing this but other days are like oh, and <laughs> it's not that hard yeah okay but what what do you think then are the good points like that sounds tough do you know what I mean like those because I know from working with not just you yourself and the others uh, and in other kitchens that, that that it can be super tough to like be on your own in a sink you know working through a great big deal of stuff to get through just stuff like a massive jobs list of just things that seem to be never ending but I wonder what are the good bits well in my experience first day I was as, as kitchen porter I, I remember I supposed to finish at six I finished at half eight almost nine it was really hard so I, I wanted to improve my uh, process my method yeah. of cleaning so well trying to beat myself I know it was it was something like okay I have to do it I, I know I can do it better yeah. I can find a, a better system to wash stuff and uh, later well being able to enjoy not the proper job as cleaning but enjoy the rest of the, the cafe the first days I, I remember this uh, my first shifts I wasn't talking to anybody because I was focusing like I, I need to wash, I need to wash, I need to wash, and then not talking to anybody mm. for a week. Yeah. And then, well, I, I improved my my system, my well, my job, and was, okay, well, we've been I am with these uh, people like five days a week, and I'm not chatting with them, so with them, so well, let's start chatting, and, and I know I know I can speak. And I came to also to improve my English. So yeah. if I if I'm not speaking, so if I'm not talking to anybody, how can I improve my English? I'm just earning. I'm just working, earning money, but not improving. But your head that. is down, and you're just kind yeah, of looking but, at the uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like okay, well, I need I need to do something. Yeah. Like, I can, I can do both parts. Yeah. And uh, sometimes people do, they. they yeah, chefs or waiters, they just came to you and say, hey, how are you, are you, are you yeah. okay? You're like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm okay, I'm okay, but just keep focused. Yeah. You can, you can have a time also to chat, to, to relax. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And just getting on top of yeah, the job yeah. and then starting to socialize a little bit in work. Yeah. Speaking of which, I think you guys have a nice, it, you work much longer hours than we do. You know, we knock off and we do a clean down, but then you guys come in and do the serious cleaning. But sometimes on a Saturday, I notice like the lads are rolling in for the deep clean, the music is going on, and the beers are coming out as well. Cans of Australia. So, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't look like a nightmare, you know what I mean? And you kind of have the place to yourselves after hours as well, which I always thought was kind of appealing. Working in, in restaurants over the years, that everyone else goes home and then you have this big space. Yeah. You're working for sure, you're working hard, but you kind of have this space that it's yours for a while as well. Yeah. I yeah, think well, you've slept here a few times, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I did. Yes. I did that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, also, also, that's that's a good thing that the Luke and Ash they they they've been helping us. Yeah. They know that we're working hard. We probably in the past we have six people to do the job, so they, we were they were splitting the jobs, and now we're just three or four. Mm. So that means a longer shift. And we show them that we're responsible to stay here, and yeah, yeah we we can 
yeah, stay here after after a long shift, relax, socialize, enjoy the time for us, <laughs> sure. and uh, and then yeah. I mean, I think it is yeah. for all of us that in these tough jobs that we do, that yeah. have long hours and that are never never really really easy, that it's like about the people that you work with. And I think that one thing that I know about working in the industry at all is that who you work with is like incredibly important. I don't know when I when I arrived there were the three KPs that were before me I barely met them. Never never met them out of the cafe mm. after work they like everybody was just finishing they, their shift and leaving until the next day. Okay. Was this your first job when you came to Ireland? Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, it was my first job, my first official job. One week before st uh, starting my trials in the Fumbali, I did a trial in a car wash for one day. Wow. One day, I didn't know anything about uh, trials. <laughs> or uh, or and, washing cars? And, uh, well, I, wa I used to wash my car in Mexico. Your own car, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I know how to wash one car. It's like, yeah. I wash my face every day, so I'm a beautician. But yeah, after, after that day, that was an eight hours trial. Uh, was like I don't want to do this yeah. so I need to find another job so I think that's the week that I uh, look really hard really looking for a job and yeah I just I just met a um, met a guy that I met back in Mexico so I noticed that he was here in Ireland and he was working in the family so oh, cool. it's because of, of Juan Carlos that I'm yeah. here oh, okay. well, that um, nice. yeah okay. so family was my first job but since then, uh, I've been working in many, any other, uh, many other cafes or uh, shops with friends that yeah. I met from the Fumbly. Yeah, I can't imagine the Fumbly without Joaquin, to be honest. No. Yeah. And also, we can catch you, just to drop you something, but we can catch you now, just speaking of your other work, aren't you also doing a crepe stall these days? Uh, yes. And so where, if anybody who's listening, can they come and get a traditional Ooh. French crepe from Joaquin Hernandez? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, uh, the Fusion Sundays. And uh, Louise Bauer, and the two Louise, together, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, she's, a, she's the original French, uh, okay. can be original French. La Francesa. Yeah, from, La Francesa, uh, yeah, exactly. So that's, the, so that's Fusion Sundays, that is every... Every second, second Sunday of the month in uh, the food cup. In the food cup in Newmarket yeah. Square in Dublin. In Newmarket Square. Yeah. And uh, next year, probably starting in the flea market. Amazing. Great. Well, look, Joaquin, thank you so much for coming on to With Relish. It was like, nice to hear more about like, your experience. And I think that people listening might also like to know that as well, about like, what the experience is like for the back, back, back of house. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Joaquin. Okay, thank you. Situated on Dublin's Drury Street, Luna has picked up lots of awards since opening in June 2014. From architecture to hospitalities, these accolades signify the importance that Luna has put on the overall dining out experience. We're delighted to be joined in studio by Declan Maxwell, who's the restaurant manager, and Jane Coopin, who's their general manager. The guys will hopefully shed some light on what type of work goes into running such a smooth service on this level. So welcome, guys. Welcome. Thanks to for being here with Relish. Thanks, Thanks very much for having us. Ah, anytime. Um, I suppose I want to just kick off with talking about how Luna's won a number of awards for its service recently. What makes the experience so special? Well, do you want me to well, do you that? Well, you go ahead, you start. You start and I'll compliment. And I suppose because it's, it's, it's very comfortable, um, I don't like the word cool that everybody's saying that it is, but when people come in, it's such a great vibe in the room. It's mm. a 1950s New York style. The waiters all dressed in Louis Copeland um, tuxedos. 
We have the charcuterie, which is uh, the, the butcher at the front. We have a dessert trolley. So the whole thing is an experience, yeah. like, a, like a theater. Yeah. And then I suppose with everybody on the floor, because the team work really well, we've had the, everybody more or less since the start. So we all kind of know how to work well together. And everybody's young. And as I always say, they're still young, so they like people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so they still have that vibrance in that. them. Yeah. It'll change. It'll all yeah, change. It'll change. <laughs> It'll all become better in the yeah. end. Um, so I think that adds to the whole evening, the background music, and that's what the awards, I think, came from, as it was described to us when we won Best Restaurant in Ireland from from the REI. They just basically said it was the whole package yeah. that that's, won it. That's the instrument, that description, though, what you're talking about is uh, like a stage, but yeah. surely it's got to be what's going on on that stage is what they're rewarding as well. That And maybe you're being bashful in saying that uh, it's to do with the way the place looks but surely in the way that it's run and the way that your staff interact with people and know about the industry that that's why you're getting awards no yeah i think it's it's because without i love always saying without sounding all american the staff love working there yeah it it it, it, it so that shows and the amount of people who actually say to us you know your staff all look really happy which which does work well and I think it does work then from the top down because with myself and Jane and then we also have Karen and Neil like we're we have a huge interest in restaurants and food and it's our lives and it's our yeah. careers so that feeds down to the younger staff and training and staff training and communication and and, and them knowing everything is but not in a robotic way that they enjoy learning it yeah like we mm. do wine tastings all the time with our sommelier Vanda when we get new wines in, all the staff have to taste them so they know what they are. New dishes, the chefs put them up. And I know a lot of restaurants don't do that. That's their own business. Mm-hmm. They tell somebody, this is so how a like dish tastes. it's like learning rather than experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and with us, yeah. we we do all the, the training a lot. Yeah. But it is the kind of thing, I think, that is very important for us to make sure that everybody is included because, like to me anyway, that genuinely makes a difference, you know, and I think that's quite mirrored in how we all interact on an evening as well. Like, half the time we just talk to each other and like you know like we have a lot of fun as well and I think that's very infectious and I really think that the customers pick up on that and it makes everybody's evening a bit more enjoyable our ethos in in Luna and with with me and Jane and the lads is it's not just about the food and the plate Mm. it it has to be about the service and everything a lot of restaurants I think lose focus that they if they serve it could be the world's best food but if it's a robot bringing it to you yeah and mm-hmm. I've been in those restaurants where you have a meal. Absolutely. And Literally a, ro- a robot. A, yeah. a robot yeah. has served. One of them was on the top 50 best restaurants in the world, and it was yeah. number 24. Mm-hmm. I left. It did nothing for me. Okay. Yeah. Whereas you can go in. You just weren't comfortable. No, it's really? just, it did nothing. The waiter yeah. was write, reading a script. Yeah. He didn't go off script at all. And when yeah. you'd ask something, he did look at you like he was going to be killed. Yeah. Going, Please don't ask me about my family or oh. ask me anything <laughs> so because it was a script. Yeah. Whereas all our guys have their own personality and yeah. we want them yeah, to, to use their it. personality. Yeah. And they're all individual and, and, and they're absolutely great at what they do. But that makes a huge difference. Absolutely. And, and you can always forgive, I think, in any restaurant if you've had a mediocre food meal. But your waiter has been really good cracker, your waitress yeah. and... Or we just call them wait staff now if I have to be... Mm-hmm. Yes, you very much yeah, have to be politically correct. correct, correct yeah, yeah. Yes. But if they are really good crack and they have fun with you on the yeah. evening, you can leave there and go, I'm going to go back that there. That was lovely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sure. Yeah. Whereas 
if you don't, it's, it's different. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that the you're right that the service really does carry the whole meal experience because it is so much more than just the food, and uh, that it's a whole experience and it's all of those things that come into play. And I think expectations a lot of what plays with it as well. Yeah, if you're showing up to somewhere and you think that this place is going to be amazing, and you've heard so many great things about it. Oh, we like, get that all, all the time. The time yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good yeah. and bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then, do you think that do you find that that affects people's experiences when they're in there? One hundred percent. I mean, like if you think about it, like it's from the minute you interact with the restaurant be it you know first point of contact you're trying to make a booking mm. if you're calling and you speak to somebody who's nice to you on the phone and warm and inviting and make you end that conversation by being excited about going in for dinner and then you're met by somebody at the door who's smiling and welcoming and asking you like hi how are you like there's a huge difference between that and just kind of showing up to somewhere and having no interaction whatsoever and just being served food and like there's nothing inviting about that like for me personally that's not necessarily something that I'd want to return to and I think that we've been very lucky in the way that we've we've built up a great kind of rapport with everybody that comes in you know like we've had so much repeat and yeah. custom business that like it's lot, fantastic yeah. you know and I, th- I think what's also important is we have a very young team in the kitchen mm. and that young team dine out a lot so our chefs Where do they get the time? for them. <laughs> well, we yeah, close we close Sunday and Monday. <laughs> I said we look after the yeah. staff well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think that is really important in restaurants that mm. the chefs dine out because then they also see the front of house aspect. Yeah. Going back when I was younger and you were training, chefs went out for beers at the yeah, weekends. Sure. That was it. And look, okay, they probably didn't have the finances to go mm. to these restaurants. Now people do. And that makes a huge difference because when we come back in every Tuesday, like we'd say six, seven chefs in the kitchen, five of them have been somewhere yeah. to eat on Sunday or Monday mm. and they're straight away telling you. They've observations. We were in a yeah. wherever, yeah. yes. Uh, okay. And they actually have a point of view yeah. and they, they've said it. Like one of our young chefs is very good at, and he'd say the service was really bad there last okay. night. And he's he's a really well, good. Where? No, yeah, yeah. Well, where? And I actually had to stop myself for a second. It's just between us. But I think that's important that the kitchen aspect go out dining. Yeah. So then they see see this me or this them and us aspect in a restaurant mm. is gone. It breaks it down a bit. Yeah. yeah. And for us, it is broken down from. Like we all sit down to have staff dinner together every mm. day at four o'clock for 20 minutes. That's big. I think that's a big plus Very that the much. chefs and the front of house sit down because okay. a lot of places they don't. It's normally the waiters who just sit down to have yeah. staff food. Yeah. Chefs keep eating through service Absolutely. and just doing yeah. that. But when we sit down, it's just a little bit of banter for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So when you're going into service, I think it makes a big difference. There's a softness then between yeah. like you have a bit of a human moment. With yeah. yeah. That's Very much so. Yeah. It's that nice sep- like the kind of, you know, old school rock star, yeah, sh- yeah, cool yeah. chef of the 70s talking yeah. down to people. Uh, like to me, that is just, we have no time for that. You know, like it, this is one workplace. It's one yeah. restaurant and we and all contribute to that, of yeah. course. You know, I think it's it's having those kind of front of house and back of house work together it really makes a huge Absolutely, difference yeah. yeah I mean the Gordon Ramsay TV shows and what whatever we watch the Marcos on TV obviously that has to make good TV yeah, yeah. Sure. but the reality is that kitchen would not work no, in the horrible. real world yeah. it really wouldn't well your restaurant would be there's no longevity no like yeah. everyone would no. leave I've worked, yeah. in, I've worked <laughs> in places <laughs> like that yeah. before but never for more than nine months at a time exactly. yeah that's yeah. what yeah. Exactly. your turnover would yeah. be yeah, yeah. yeah. and so and you were saying that yeah. most of your staff from front of house staff anyway are there pretty much since the opening yeah more or less more we have less. a very small team um, we have a couple of part-timers you know that are in college etc that we kind of work work in and run with but yeah most of us have been there for at least but a year two, and a half or two two years yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like 
front of house can be such a transient industry as yeah. well and a lot of times people are moving around but a lot of times people are kind of dipping their toe in and out of mm. waiting anyway it might be something that they're doing Between while they're something. doing something yeah. else um, and I wonder if you could tell me like what does it take to to stick around the weirdest thing about Luna is that we have such an odd mix of personalities you know if you look at it in paper you wouldn't think that it would be that difficult but I think for us it's it's just somebody who comes in who can kind of deal with a little bit of madness, mm. <laughs> but also be able to be quite professional and show that, you know, it's actually something that they're eager to learn more about because we all put so much into it um, that that's kind of the main thing. You have to have somebody in there who, who wants to learn mm. and who gets on with everyone, for, for lack of a better way of explaining it. I think it's, you know, it's not really like going into work. And I know that sounds really kind of naive of me, but it is the kind of thing where you know I genuinely believe that if you don't enjoy what you're doing you probably shouldn't be doing it and I think that we're very lucky to have found people that are on the same level as as we are and that we're certainly trying to set you know um but I think just having a bit of personality is that okay to say in a way it without is, sounding a, a mean? And I mean we all know that everybody has this romantic vision of what it's like to work in a restaurant I mean mm. I, I always say like my friends who come in and they're not in the industry and they come in with their wives for dinner and whatever and then I'd go to their house or whatever and, and it, it's normally the, 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 the woman who says it not the man they just go oh, I love your job you just walk <laughs> around and you talk <laughs> and you do this <laughs> and, and you meet all these fabulous people yeah, and but when so I go glad. well yeah. let's let you come in for yeah. one day mm. and see exactly how everything does work yeah. in, in a restaurant and it is very hard work it I mean, I think the TV aspect of it has made it very glamorous looking, mm. the Jamie Olivers of this world and whatever, how. And I think in our industry, that was a little bit negative mm. because, especially in the chef side of things, they automatically talk when they come out of college. Well, I'm going to have my own book, my own TV show, yeah. my yeah. own newspaper. Crazy podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think that was really negative in our industry yeah. Yeah. because they don't want to start at a position and work up they come out of college and they go, well, I can be a head chef mm. within six months. And I also put that to the front of house. Myself personally, with younger managers uh, uh, in restaurants, you know, I wasn't managing a restaurant until I was 30. But there's people managing restaurants and proper restaurants and they're 22 and 23. Yeah. In my mind, I'm going, you can't manage 10 people at 22 years of age. It's not possible, I okay. don't think. Because it sounds like what you were describing as well early on, maybe before we turn the mics on, but you were talking about kind of um, how you have to like read a situation when people are showing up. You're talking about the time that you spent in chapter one and just like reading reading the what vibe. might be going on yeah. in somebody's party and maybe like life experience as well as yeah. um, uh, experience on the floor is something that's required to kind of properly manage that. Yeah, I... I I think sometimes we're like psychologists in the restaurant every night because there's different personalities in the room. You, we've 80, 100 people that we have to look after. Everybody's different. And then you have a table of 10. So then there's automatically 10 and one wants to do this and one wants that. And you're the person who has to manage all that to make sure they're, they're looked after. It could be a husband and wife who's coming in and she's booked three months in advance and your man doesn't really care because the football is on that night, so yeah. he really just wants to eat. You have to make, you have to play off both of them. And actually, last Saturday was the example: the guy who didn't see the rugby match because his wife had booked at half five because of his birthday. But we had the laptop in the kitchen, so I kept just looking, and I come out and I walk by the table and I just go fourteen nil. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> and then she was more laughing yeah. as well. 
but he got That's his feed. Really yeah, yeah, he got his yeah. feed for the game, mm-hmm. yeah. and then she enjoyed her birthday dinner, and they were gonna seven and o'clock. You yeah. the whole thing. That's it, okay. and it, it you have to just work around yeah. that. And I think the younger management as well. Sometimes they 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 do a lot of of, of IT stuff, whether it be social media and and blah blah, and 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 they can do profits and and yeah. graphs and all and that PR kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, everything. But really, if you're not working with the people, yeah, then they don't and they stand at the front of a restaurant and I kind of go why are you standing at the front of the restaurant when all the customers are in the middle of the restaurant and all your staff and you're not telling your staff what to do so how are you managing a restaurant and I just very quickly had one guy once it was a disaster where we were and he stood at the whole front and he only came to take our payment and then I said are you the manager and he said yeah and I said but like you haven't even been on the floor for two hours he said yeah I'm doing tonight's table plan they had 70 people sitting During in there service. for lunch. Yeah, yeah. he was doing. <laughs> oh so God. that's all he, that's some of them. I'm not saying all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I think old school is that you have to talk to people. Yeah. You're, you're on stage. They see you. They're, it's like somebody coming to your house. You, they don't come to your house for dinner and then you go, listen, I'm just going upstairs to watch a match and there's all the food. <laughs> yeah. And you eat and then let yourselves out. Yeah, sure. And it's that. As, as much as you are, yeah, mm. I and mean, as much as you are inviting people around to your house and, and, and having a really good time and vibing off one another and eating together, that all that all sets a like a really beautiful image of working together. But mm. sometimes you invite arseholes around your house as well. You really ah. do. Yeah. <laughs> one hundred percent. Well, it's a bit of dirt. It is the kind of thing though. I won't name names. Look, it's just it's just the reality of what we do. Do you know the way? I think the the main thing is knowing where the line is of what you will and will not let people get away with. I think yeah. that's very important. Um, and I think we've all unfortunately been in situations where you've had to draw that line. But from me as somebody who works front of house, you know, like I always remember situations where I'd be working a section and I'd f- feel really uncomfortable for whatever reason. And then you go to your manager and you kind of you make that known. And I think it's hugely important that people are told, do you know what? We really don't appreciate this kind of behavior here. Um, ju- and just don't, like there's a lot, you know, the customer isn't always right. I'm okay. sorry to say it, but it, it's just not true. And I think that for a long time, there's been a huge amount of stigma about speaking up and kind of being like, do you know what? This will we'll look, you know, you'll kind of let a lot of things slip. Mm. But when push comes to shove, you really need to have management that will back up the front of house staff as well as the, you know the the chefs and everything but i think that again that is something that very much comes with experience and particularly for people that have been in the industry for longer Jacqueline for example i would have absolutely 100% faith in going to him with anything and making sure that it was dealt with satisfactorily and i think that again with experience you know back in my day when i was a little bit younger i certainly wouldn't have the confidence to do that um but i'd very much appreciate that somebody would say that you know and I, I but that's think the worst case scenario yeah, what I, is the worst case what no, yeah, no. <laughs> well I mean Jane you know, you, know, you know it's very different as well because in our situation in a restaurant situation you're dealing with alcohol yeah, yeah. so there's alcohol on board that so it's a whole everything. different scenario than if you were complaining in a shop mm. at four o'clock on a Saturday sure. about service when somebody's had three gin tonics and a gl- two glasses of wine it becomes a little bit blurry yeah and there has to be a time when, as a, as a member of staff in the restaurant industry, that, as Jane said, the customer is not always right. Mm-hmm. Nobody has the right yeah. to abuse Sometimes the customer is just really drunk. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, for me personally, I've dealt with these situations where I would actually say to somebody, okay, let's, let's just park this here. Yeah. Can you ring me tomorrow and we will sort this out? Because yeah. it's not going to happen tonight. Yeah. 
99% of the time I do not get the phone call Absolutely. the next day because yeah. they, yeah. yeah. they yeah. woke Even up remember. the next morning yeah. and went man I was a dick last yeah. night yeah. Yeah. And, sure. and they don't that's a very good diffuser it, it is really yeah, yeah, yeah. actually it yeah. is yeah. to say Look, in the cold I, light of day yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I recognise you're upset it feels like we're not going to come to a conclusion tonight yeah. call me tomorrow yeah. Yeah. And, and then they will do that's yeah, yeah. I like that I'm and they'll be back in three months later with a fake moustache that wasn't me that was my evil so is that the most difficult thing I mean, I mean, in terms of dealing with customers, is alcohol the thing that can throw the spanner in the works? Most I mean, there's there's different things. Obviously, we all went through a time in in, in Ireland of the the Celtic Tiger mm. that that brought out the worst in people. It I really yeah. did yeah. because we weren't used to money, yeah. and suddenly we had money. And in in our industry, I'm only talking about in our industry. Yeah. It was really the hardest time, yeah. I thought. You were at chapter one at the stage. Yeah, but yeah. it was the time that people thought, well, I'm spending 200 quid a head, mm. so I own you. Ugh. That is, Ooh. that yeah. we I had. All together now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. They did. I mean, they really did. I'm not saying everybody. Don't, sure, yeah. don't no, get me no, wrong. No, no. But there's an attitude. Yeah, there was. Like that. And our industry has always been known as an industry that's not professional per se yeah. I mean personally I went to college I, yeah. I studied to, in this industry yeah. but they think it's like what you maybe said earlier Harry you know it's a stepping stone to go on so, so they go well sure he's so training so what to do be you really do? yeah what yeah. do you really, really? do because What's they don't see job, this really? as a real job <laughs> No, nice. yeah. I know. Yeah, it's so what you really do. Yeah. Well, this I'm really doing this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not taking the piss. <laughs> I'm tangible. I'm tangible. tangible. Please don't touch me. I'm tangible. Yeah. But yes. So I, I think then we went through a lot in our industry of that of people's attitude yeah. was, was was now I it again we we've come back on board with having, but I think people are better. Yeah. And I think we're more educated yeah. in in dining out and and stuff like with that. A few as more well. manners. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, I really do. Where are all do. those assholes now? What are they doing? <laughs> Just like with their tails between their legs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're all broke. They're all broke. Yeah. 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 But then there's also yeah. the millennials. Yeah, yeah. Bum, bum, bum. yeah that's that's that, that's a whole <laughs> other radio show. That's kind of the, the younger, <laughs> younger. <laughs> See, it, it is. Yeah. I talked about that before mm. with a friend of mine who works in bars and pubs and talking about the difference between how kind of alcohol can affect people, customers, and yeah. how they interact with people. And I think that in a bar and a pub, you have the power in a way that you don't necessarily have in the restaurant. Because the restaurant, you I'll are stop. like... A staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that you are the server and yeah. there's this strange relationship bar, which might be out. there. Yeah. Yeah. But in the pub, it's yeah. like... Pfft, Get out! Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. it can be really rough. But yeah. Yeah. I want that yeah. pint. You're not getting it. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, and that's all yeah. you want. But so even yeah. like that in a restaurant scenario, like we call last orders in a restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Which people go, sorry, <laughs> just yeah. flash the lights. But no, I, no, no, <laughs> we, you, yeah. know, you go to a table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you go to a table and you say, guys, change just let, <laughs> let let you know. No, Jane turns on the music and like storms out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, when you go to the table and you say, listen, we're calling last orders bar. Do you require something? And then you will get somebody come up invariably three quarters of an hour later and says, and just drop us down another bottle of wine to the table. Mm. And you go, but no, we closed the bar. Mm. And they're going, but we've spent X amount of money. Yeah. And we yeah. and you go, yeah, but we have to close. Yeah. And that's another we've aspect of it. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Want it. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. they just, and then, then people who also sit in a restaurant an hour after the last customer has left and you go down and you will say, listen, we, sorry, we're locking up, we've finished. Yeah. And they look at their watch and then you kind of go, but why are you looking at your watch? Like, <laughs> we <laughs> are closing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's half past two on a yeah. Thursday. <laughs> I'd like to go home. I want to get into bed now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> so they, they, it's, I think it's a whole different thing than a pub scenario because yeah. they think they've spent X amount of money. Mm. 
possession is nine tenths of the law. They own that table. They own that chair. It's hilarious. And, and, and it we're really not going is. to leave. It's so yeah. funny. It is. Guys, um, off topic, but I think to wrap it up, mm. uh, I'd like to know what ye personally think uh, where is doing really good food and service in Dublin? Oh, that's really putting on the spot Ooh. now. <laughs> You can say one. You can say, you can say many. Say it kind of yeah. depends what you're after. And we can edit it after. so it's smooth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that'll be good. I, like I think again with the thing of us being um, closed on a Sunday Monday, you tend to go out and eat in a lot of. You know, you stick to the same places a lot. Mm. Um, personally, I love going to Terra Madre. Ambassador's Walk. It's a fantastic mm. little Italian restaurant. Yeah. Um, known Marco for years as well, but it's just it's, that's like walking into somebody's house, pretty yeah. much. You know, love that place. Um, newer kind of restaurants that have opened, I suppose. I've always had fantastic experiences in Bastable. Yeah. And uh, recently went to what's it called? The new one, sister place. Yeah, Clambrassel. Thank you, Clambrassel yeah. House. Yeah. Um, and again, I mean like Jen who used to work in Basketball mm. was over there at the moment so I thought that was great and that was really really good I mean my my favourite in town is Eto yeah big fans of Barry Fitzgerald yeah yes, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah this is not sponsored yeah. this is not sponsored yeah, yeah. I promise I promise and Simon and Liz <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah yeah. no I I, I, I love Eto I, I I think it's really good and I love uh, Piche Stephen Gibson's yeah. food mm. Is, is I just so had nice. lunch there last week his food is still top class I yeah. have to say um more newer restaurants, the, the better experience that I've had have been Bastable mm. and Forest and Marcy. I think yeah. Kieran, oh, Kate is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Kieran in the kitchen, his food yeah. is 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 really, really, really good. Yeah. It was one of the best meals I had last year. I think. Okay, very good. Yeah, definitely. And Katie's yeah. wine list in there is fantastic as well. Yeah. Yeah, I have one tiny question left. Go on. And that is. We can edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you keep saying that. It's like, say whatever you want. <laughs> scrap it, scrap it. Harry Collie show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell us about your most interesting customer at Chapter One or at Luna? Just it doesn't have to be a bit easier. No, just more interesting. interesting. Well, what do you mean by interesting? Yeah. now? like do you mean you like know, most somebody. high profile, most famous, most most as you, as you funniest story yeah. you've funny had, story or most high profile <laughs> and most surprising customer, perhaps just anything really. I don't know. I kind of that feel is like putting on the spot. <laughs> it is a little bit. People. Look, we have certain favourites, and that sounds bad, but like, people that come in a lot that we just love to yeah. see come in. Yeah. Pat and Marion Dalton. Oh, you, you're not going to say names now, and then we were stuck with Scrap it, scrap it, scrap it. I mean, like, everybody, I suppose, looks at it as well, somewhere like Luna, and, and that, because we get every walk of life mm. in there, and, and, and whether it be from... Oscar nominated actresses who was in just before the Oscars last I was year. Who was like the her, loveliest <laughs> woman in <laughs> the so world? So sweet, so nice. So, so, so and sweet. then you get, we get it all across the, the the board, and to us, without sounding again silly, it's when people are really nice. Yeah, I mean, you get certain people who get to a certain level in life, and 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 when they're really really nice, you're kind of going, oh my god, it's brilliant. And then there's certain people who still are on the Z list but yeah. think they're A list. And then you're dealing with them, and they're total dickheads. I can write, like, I, I can write the name down on a piece of paper. No, yeah, <laughs> slide it out. Yeah, yeah. Of the kind of, we know it, who it is. is literally that kind of scenario. Do yeah. you know who I am? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. That's and you're like, not really. Hardly. Yeah, not really. Yeah. I do. Kind of, I've yeah. seen. Do you know who you are? Yeah. yeah. Um, do you? Yeah. I've seen um, you on breakfast TV. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it, it, it is, and then we. It's exciting for us and the staff and everything. If we do get somebody in a personality yeah, or yeah. something, like that, it's always great to meet them. Sure. And and when they're nice, it makes it 
doubly nice yeah, when course. they're really, really nice. I'm the worst for being a fangirl because like I'm I'm normally quite cool, calm and collected, but sometimes Chelsea Clinton was Chelsea in Clinton lost my shit. Absolutely nice. lost really? my shit. She <laughs> was hardly so look at her. It's so bizarre. It is, but that's why I've said it because it is bizarre. And 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 she was so completely I turn into a fourteen-year-old. It was fucking hilarious. And then the only time I've ever found girls, I just say found girls, was when Al Pacino came to top. That is very fair. I think. And and. He yeah. was the nicest, really? and Martin Sheen. Okay. Like uh, Martin Sheen's a pet. As I always yeah. just tell Class Jane, Jane yeah. goes, "Okay, we've heard this, but very quickly, she was doing the play in the gate for a few weeks, and he literally came every night, yeah. every night yeah. after the show, and the last night they brought him somewhere for a rap party, and it was in chapter one. He called the next afternoon with boxes of chocolates for the staff." <laughs> Because he didn't get to come and say goodbye oh, to us the night wow. before. Yeah. So I'm going, the President of America. chocolates. He called on the Saturday afternoon, came, dropped in chocolates. So guys, I'm heading off tomorrow and I really appreciate it. Now, to me, that's... That's beautiful. Yeah. That yeah. is, yeah, yeah. That's a lovely two-way thing. It is, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the stuff that makes it all worth it, it isn't does. it, yeah, 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 It is, it does, yeah. <laughs> and then, as I said, when it's Z-list, I don't want to sit at this table, I don't want this, I don't want... Yeah. We had uh, somebody who was supposed to be coming to chapter one and the, her security came in before her saying, I want those two tables kept separate beside her. And I went, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's really <laughs> not going to happen. Sorry, and I go, but we want it. I go, it's not yeah, going to happen. Yeah, I want to it's win the lotto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they said, well, then she won't come. And I said, well, first of all, I don't know who we're even talking about because you haven't told me the name. Yeah. And I know this is really bad when I say it, but it was years ago. And they yeah. said, it's Christina Aguilera. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, sorry. And I said, Take honestly, I said, honestly, yeah. none of our customers will even know who she is. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so Brittany for life, bitch. And they, di- they didn't come, Great which job. we were so upset about, yeah, obviously. <laughs> you know that when somebody kind of puts those kind of demands. And I don't blame her. Like, it's yeah. probably just. Her people, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am not. I should be in, in case of in case I ever bump <laughs> Sorry, into her somewhere. Exactly. Well, look, Declan Maxwell and Jane Cooper from Luna Restaurant. Thank you That's so much. Really Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thanks very much. Enjoyed every minute. Thank you for listening into this episode of With Relish. We would like to thank all our guests for taking time out to come on with us. As mentioned at the beginning of the show, we are a fortnightly podcast, so make sure to check out headstuff.org for our next show. You can download the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn and all the usuals. If you like what you've heard, please let us know by writing us a review or following our Twitter page at WithRelishPod. HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details.